we wrapped up our series last week on and um we are going to do uh, a standalone today and next week as well um next week we're going to talk a little bit about the uh the vaccine we're going to interview one of our own lee who works for pfizer and um and then we're going to launch into a brand new series uh, that I'm looking forward to through the book of Daniel. A few of you have recommended that, wanted us to do one through it, so uh, we will. But for today, what I want to do is talk to you about uh, how do we grow? Yeah, that's right. Somebody posted happy Valentine's. So, yes, make sure. Happy Valentine's to each of you. And uh, this, is, uh, this is why we're all so colorful today. Um, love it. and. Uh, for the hearts. Uh, I see that, Liz. Thank you. Love back to you. Happy Valentine's from my heart to yours and Patty's heart there as well. Sweet. Um, so we're going to talk about how do we grow? How do we grow as a community, Vine 39? And uh, in order to do that, um, what I thought we would do is talk a little bit about where we are as a community, as a church, and answer some of the questions that have some of the questions that um, have never been asked but have been thought. <laughs> so we'll do we'll do that, um, and uh, and then whatever questions come to your mind as I go through this uh, this talk, which is not really going to be a sermon, it's going to be a reflection of where we are and where we're going, and um, would love your input on that as well. Um, so. The three things I want to talk about is um, related to this, how do we grow as Vine 39 is currently at as a church. Um, the second one is what is happening with spirituality and church uh, attendance across America? And then uh, thirdly, the realities of the pandemic um, of a post-pandemic world. So those are sort of the realities that we're facing that um, you know, the one that we've never faced, of course, is the pandemic and then post-pandemic uh, world. And um, and so what I want to do is a place to sort of, <clears throat> you know, land and, and find security in a very uh, insecure and shaky world that we're in. Um, and I think we can. I think we can find some rootedness and some groundedness today and uh, as we move forward. Um, the first thing is where we are as a community, where we are as a church, um, and what is happening. A lot of you have asked questions, like, and some of you who are new, like, what's this with the selling of the building? And then you and Jim have this growth and, you know, it's a business and it's a coaching business. And what, what is, how does this all work together? And, um, and for those of you who've been with us for a while, it's sort of like, still, I'm not sure I understand what's happening. And it seems like it's, much uh, is being communicated by Joel or Jim on the, you know, uh, on things. And so um, what I thought I'd do is be uh, as forthright as I can, uh, acknowledging as well my own um, fears and insult process um, that are present and, uh, and, and uh, but, but move us forward and see where we're going as a community. So first thing is, again, where we are. Um, and uh, just as a, way to begin is 2016 we sold our building in Saugus with the hopes of finding uh, a building and location that would allow us to grow even more 
uh, we ran into problems we never imagined that would happen. And um, uh, of Stonem um, was it was difficult uh, for us to move through all the the issues that they had in front of us. In fact, uh, they resisted us, and we had to legally uh, fight them for a couple of years. And and the instability of our own building um, couldn't do anything uh, that was, I think because of the instability and the wrestling through those two years, uh, for many, that was too much. And so for uh, beloved friends uh, that had become our family, um, decided to move on. Um, and understandably so when you know, you're in the midst of a two year battle with the town and it doesn't seem like we're moving forward. And every time we start something else that comes in the way of that. And that was our experience. It was incredibly difficult and stressful for those, those two years. Um, and then others left because um, of our approach to faith, which was, uh, which is what has, so, uh, many of you were drawn by that and others um, decided this wasn't um, for them. And so we blessed them um, as they moved on. So, but with all of our creative solutioning, we still couldn't make it work. And while this was happening, um, I had encountered the Enneagram and that's the personality system that we use in, our, in the art of growth. And it had been changing my life. Um, and uh, so Jim and I had begun podcasting, began to grow and grow. And um, we started coaching. And now we have this little business um, that has become a huge gift and blessing to us. So uh, we decided, as, um, as I told you, we had decided to um, sell our current building. And we had done that in uh, 2019. Um, and we were ready to list it in early 2020, and then COVID hit, um, and so that has delayed even that process of. So um, our main expenses um, for the church have been the building and mine and Jim's salary. So you can imagine what's happening with, you know, as people are leaving, and you know donors are leaving. Our income as a community has declined significantly, and our expenses for a while had increased quite a bit because of trying to, you know, again, fight the town to as a community. Um, and so the result was that the board and I, we had to make some tough decisions, like what are we going to do? Um, because we can't keep bleeding out um, resources, um, you know, the financial resources that we had. So um, as that was happening, we'd have these we had this conversation about how do we, uh, Jim and I, continue to uh, keep growing the out of growth and uh, eventually be able to draw salaries and no longer have to be entirely dependent on the donations that come in weekly. So those were all conversations around how can we continue to keep Vine Thirty Nine um, while at the same time you know, deal with the financial realities of where we are as a community. So we'll say maybe more about this at our annual meeting coming up in a couple of weeks um, that you're all going to be welcome to uh, be a part of. So the first part is this part of where are we at? And that's the financial picture of where we are. I were to say with a spiritual picture of where we are, um, I, have, I have felt like we're at a, 
uh, at, a, at a, one of our best places we've been in a while. Now, that doesn't mean that all of you are enjoying being on Zoom, that many of you wouldn't, that you wouldn't miss the, you know, the times of, of singing together and worship and that experience. Of course, we miss all those things. Uh, missing the kids running around in the same building, of course, we miss all of that. That's true. But at the same time, incredible stories emerging from our community during this time. Incredible, incredible stories. And those have blessed us. And those are the things that uh, we have loved. So as far as where we are as a community, I have love actually where we are myself. So I'm enjoying meeting with you weekly um, and uh, hearing from you, hearing your stories, being involved in whatever way I can in your lives. And that to me is, uh, that's, that's the best part. Um, roughly of where we are, um, and there's so much more to be said, of course. Spirituality and the church attendance in America overall. So that we, we have to pan it back out because we look at where we are and is it just a tale of Vine 39? Or is it a tale of something larger that's happening across the country? And uh, the tale is that um, it has been on the church in America has been on decline for a long time. Um, and there is no statistician today, Gallup or Barner or anybody else uh, that has come up with any different statistics other than it is shrinking and it is shrinking rapidly, particularly in the last two decades. So since the 90s, there's been a 30 percent drop off in church attendance. Um, and since the pandemic, uh, Barna. Um, it did a research a study from March to um, early May. And of course, I was at the peak of the pandemic, but fully 30% of the people who were going to church online were, had dropped off completely, like weren't going to church. So this is, um, so this is where that's at. Um, so Liz, you just asked a question about um, where we are financially now. Um, and so, yeah, where we are financially now is we have to make, we have to make drastic uh, decisions decisions. So those are the, the difficult ones, the challenging ones. We have to, um, we're going to have, we're, we're, we've got a, a couple plans in the works that I can't get into the specifics right now, um, but we will have more to say um, at the annual meeting or the family, family meeting that's coming up in a couple weeks where we can actually go through the numbers. Um, and of course, Dave is the master of all of that, Dave Twinstrom on our board. Um, and so, but we'll, we'll address some of that, but we're going to have to make some decisions that are, um, that are financial decisions. But I want to, I want to say this part to say, yes, we have those to, to, to make some tough decisions, but there's a way forward and there's a way towards us, uh, having, um, a solid and, uh, ongoing community of faith. Um, and it's also uh, true as well, but uh, with that said, the, uh, back to the spirituality and church and attendance in America, because of that, um, churches across the country are dealing with financial issues like they've never had. Um, um, so this is, uh, you know, this is the, 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 the challenge that we're all facing across the country right now. It's a weird world we live in, and, uh, and it has been happening even prior to the pandemic, but the pandemic seems some of these uh, uh, some of these effects um, and some of these uh, realities that um, of church attendance currently. Um, so uh, some of the reasons we don't know. I mean, there's so many, so many things. I don't know what I think about some of the uh, research around the reasons for why people are leaving. 
because it's just, I mean, reasons are tough to come by, you know, who knows why we actually decide what we decide sometimes. Sometimes we decide because there's a, I don't know, a million different reasons. And, and, uh, and so that ask the question to the researchers, the way they ask questions. So there's a lot we don't know, but I think what we, um, what we have heard quite a bit of and what seems to be emerging from a lot of the research is that many people are finding uh, spirituality uh, so they're finding it in all sorts of other places. And so that's been happening. Um, and there's also a growing distrust of institutions and, 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 and rightly so, um, rightly so. Um, the institutions of churches seem to have more interest in their own survival. Um, and, you know, at some point I'll, I'll say more about that to you, but there is a compromise that pastors have to make uh, when they pastor a church. And that can be a real challenge to, uh, to pastors. And so it is difficult for everybody because the institution has to survive. And so sometimes people who are the individuals don't get as much attention or care because of that reason. And so uh, there's that, there's politics, there's, you know, uh, even if you as a leader or pastor don't agree necessarily with the politics of your, you still have to go along with it and you have to enforce it, even if it affects somebody negatively in your church. And those are the things that happen all the time. And so there's just been enough of a distrust, I think, in institutions for people to start saying, I'm not sure. Um, so again, we don't know all the reasons, but there's just been a decline. And, um, <clears throat> and so um, what we um, are facing along with the decline uh, of church attendance and, um, and where spirituality seems to be going in America, there's also the results of the pandemic world. Um, and there's so much that we can't really foretell in the future. You know, if we had a looking glass, it would be nice, but we don't. And so there's a lot of things we don't know um, about the pandemic and what's happening there. But uh, so uh, questions like, when will we be able to meet without, you know, fear or concern about the, the virus? Um, and, uh, you know, what advantages have people discovered in doing meetings through video that are doing that <clears throat> versus in person and then what needs can only be met by being in person so those are some of the questions that you know of the post-pandemic you know the pandemic and post-pandemic world so communities have uh, increasingly been formed uh the last it's been longer than just recent it's been you know around for a while now growing where people are meeting across the country um digitally and rather than just exclusively uh, geographically. So one of the things that megachurches have discovered um, all across the country and all across the world and people that actually consider these churches to be their churches. So it, it's an interesting world that has begun, that began you know, several decades ago with the, uh, the ability for people to watch their, their favorite pastor, you know, their favorite on TV. And so that was the start of that and that has continued uh, to happen. So let me address how do we, um, as Vine 39, uh, navigate these uncharted waters uh, that we're in. Again, the uncharted waters are this uh, situation we're in uh, as, as Vine 39, where we have run into all kinds of challenges uh, with uh, moving from Saugus to Stoneham. And, um, and then uh, um, the, um, you know, the decline tennis in general, and then the realities of our uh, pandemic and post-pandemic world. Um, so as we said, we've never been here before. No one has. Um, this is a global change. The game and the rules of the game have changed. Um, we have to as well. Uh, whenever this has happened, 
in history. This is, we're not the first ones to encounter a, a massive change in the way things are done in the world. This has happened over the course of history. And spiritual people have always risen during this time. Always. And spiritual people like you, like Vine 39, you have always risen up. We have always taken what's been before us and met it with courage, with fear, with what we know and what we don't know, and it has made us better as a result. And so this is where um, this is where you know we are now facing. Um, the goal isn't to try to return to the way things were in the past, but to move into a better world that is being created by all of us as we keep in step with the spirit. They never, ever encountered what is this that we are doing exactly? You know, are we doing synagogues? Is that what we're doing? Well, not exactly. We're following Jesus and we're having to start meeting. We've never done this before. They created what we now know today as the church, you know, but it wasn't in existence uh, with the first disciples of Jesus. And so this is what spiritual people have always done is to say, we're, you know, we're freaked out by this. <laughs> we don't know. We, what we do is we come together even more as a result of that. And what fear tends to do is cause us to scatter, right? But the early church didn't scatter from fear. They gathered in the midst of fear. Are you with me? I know this is kind of like, oh my gosh, what's coming around the corner? Is he going to tell us something? No, we're, we're continuing as a church. <laughs> Don't you worry about that. What I'm saying is that I understand we're, we're you know, this is very unsettling for us. Uh, and, uh, but the church at its best is always gathered in the midst of that. It has looked at the fear and said, we either can scatter because we're afraid or we can gather and we can work uh, together and, and walk together through it and shoulder each other's burden. Be, be there uh, for one another as we're going through this. Um, what I love about the beginning of Genesis is that the beginning of Genesis is this uncharted water. It is all brand new. And I think that the to say, guess what? This is the journey that all of us have to go through. In the beginning, God creates the heavens and the earth, and the earth is without form and void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. That is the starting point of all transformation. <laughs> and you know what I mean by that? Because your greatest transformation comes after your greatest, uh, greatest conflicts, greatest difficulties, greatest pains. And it's in the midst of when is darkness that covers the face of the deep. There is darkness. And then God says, or then the spirit of God comes into that place. And this is why we are people of the spirit. We are a spiritual people, meaning that stay in step with spirit and the spirit hovers over the face of the deep. And then God says, let there be light. And there was light. And God creates on the first day, light and darkness. And then creation This is what's wonderful about what God does in the midst of chaos, in the midst of when there's darkness is that God comes and begins to create something new. And so we, it's not just Vine 39, it's we as the spiritual people 
across the globe are facing something we have never faced before. And darkness covers the face of the deep, but we're a people of the spirit. And so as a people of the spirit, we come together, begin to make the road by walking. Um, this is what I love about that uh, title uh, of the book uh, by Brian McLaren. We make the road by walking. It's, it's not laid out. Don't you like it when the paths are laid out? There's nothing to, there's nothing to, to you know, there's, there's very little threats. It's just, it's comfortable. But we make the road by walking together. And this is where we are as a spirit across the globe. And I expect that some of us will say, I don't know if I really want this. I want to go back to what was comfortable. I want to see if I can find somebody who's going back to the way it was because that's what I want to believe and that's what I prefer. I understand. And my heart's with you because many times I want that too. I loved just like, hey, whenever we want to get together, we get together. That was comfortable. It was very easy, very enjoyable. And I like the spontaneity of that. But um, so I'm with you in that space and my heart's with you. Um, so uh, questions that are oftentimes asked in this space and what has been in uh, by some of you. And so I figured we'd raise the question and, and actually answer it. So the first question is, um, are we going to close the church? And the answer is, no, we are not going to close the church. So simple answer. I laugh because I tend not to give simple answers, but that's the simple answer. Uh, no, um, we're not going to close the church. Um, the church, by the way, is not the building. It never has been. Church has never been the building. I like buildings too. I like space, but it's not the building. The church is you. It's me. The church is when... I find out that some of you have gone over to serve in our community. That the church is when one of you decides you're going to reach out to somebody that is in our community that you know is hurting and you communicate love and your prayers for them. The church is when we have gathered on a Sunday morning and I ask you to share something positive about somebody here, somebody that you, something you appreciate or see, and all of a sudden there is a list of incredible affirmations that are coming through that, my friends, that's the church. The church is when one of you has a question about real life and you're struggling and about that and there's mutual encouragement as we do that. That's the church. And that, that's going to continue. Are we going to gather? Yes, we are going to gather. Um, said the church is not a building. It's, it's us. So the structure may change, but we will continue to meet. As a gathering, we will continue to meet. Um, up as if Joel and Jim are focused on growing the art of growth, Will they not have time or energy to focus on Vine 39? That's a very fair question. It's been asked of me directly. And I appreciate that question. Um, and the answer 
as far as I'm concerned, I'll say it this way. A few years ago, we were uh, numbers wise, we were looking good. You know, we were growing. We kept getting close to about 180, 190 people. And then we'd like they, we kept and it was difficult. And then we tried to go to two services and that was difficult. So we were growing. Things were going good. We had a building financially. We were very solid. Uh, all those things were going well. And that's when I burned out. <laughs> and so um, it, it itself was um, was was nice. Uh, but I would always find myself having to do something, fix something, be on the roof, patching the ceiling that had developed a leak. What, you know, if there was snow on the roof, I was organizing a team to shovel. the. There was always something going on in that building that I had to be a part of. And it's easy for folks to say, well, why didn't you delegate it? But, you know, it's easier to, to, to say that than to actually do that, particularly when you're dealing with a lot of volunteers. Trying to gather that took time just to even say, well, how do I delegate and how do I gather? It took a lot of management, something I'm not very good at. <laughs> so it was requiring a whole lot of something I don't have. <laughs> um, and so it was very tiring. And I was managing the systems of, the, you know, if it was life groups, it was something else. We brought on, you know, new hirees and I was training them and teaching them how to do things. And there was always something going. And by this point, I was working about 70 hours a week. In fact, 70 hours was like a comfortable thing for me because there were some weeks. And I got to a point where I just, it, there was no life in what I was doing. So as much as I love doing classes and even preaching on Sunday, I had lost the zest. I lost the life in that. And, um, and a lot of anger was coming through. And some of you may remember that, but there were more preach and there was more anger coming out of me. And that, that was fatigue. That was just burnout. Um, so yeah, thank you. <laughs> Every time the alarms went off in the building, <laughs> yeah, it was in matter. It was like, okay, it's one o'clock in the morning. I guess I got to go over and check. This is the life of the, you know, life of, of, of the pastor. So this is, this led me to, to burnout. Um, and which then my relationships with you weren't good. Um, I wasn't able to really be present to a lot of you. I had my times where it was very present and it was, you know, all that and times where things were going good. But it was starting to be met by more times where um, where I was just burned out. I was too tired, um, and that um, is what led to um, you know led to me uh, burning out. Um, so, um, in terms of will, we have the focus if we're growing the art of growth to also uh, focus on Vine Thirty Nine. Um, not if we have to. Not if I have to manage a building and if I have to do all of this again. No, I can't. I can't do that. Uh, but what we're doing now and uh, is, is this is the stuff like communicating on Sunday mornings and coaching some of you and pastoring you in that way. Absolutely. And that's something I feel more engaged in and I feel more passionate about than I ever have in my entire life of pastoring. So like I can honestly say that I look forward to Sunday mornings with a renewed joy um, that I haven't had in a long time since the art of growth. And there's a reason for that. It's because I'm doing a lot of coaching and I'm in the lives of a lot of people and that's my design. That's how I'm made. And so I'm honoring more and more the way I'm desi actually designed and made, which gives me fuel and energy so that when it comes to Sunday, I'm not only energized by that, but I'm also drawing from real life experiences and real challenges that people are facing and finding uh, the wisdom in the scriptures. And I love that because for me, there's nothing better than 
good scriptural theology and wisdom and taking that and applying it to our lives. So to me, that's, that's, that's the stuff. Um, so, uh, so that's the, that's part of uh, an answer to that question about, will we have, um, will we be able to focus on that? Um, will we buy a building or lease in the future? Um, uh, my answer has to be, and I, but I have to say probably not um, at this point. I don't see us purchasing a building or leasing um, a building. So the question then becomes, will we ever meet in person again? And the answer that I wanna give is emphatically yes, but it will look probably different because again, we will make the road by walking and we will figure it out together as a community. Um, I don't want to, less and less, I, I don't want, I, there's, there's less of a desire for me to and make things happen uh, solo or even just Jim and I, or even just Jim, Danielle and I, more and more, I wanna make these decisions with you as a community, that together we're gonna to make the road by walk. Together, we're going to figure this out. And when we do, I think we're at our best. Whenever we do this as a community, we are at our best. And so, yes, we will meet, but it'll probably look different. I could imagine us meeting frequently. I could imagine us having pods uh, of gatherings, you know, gatherings in, in different homes. I can imagine us even having this across the country because we have some of you who are from different parts of this country. And I love that. I want us to grow in that way because people that are drawn to this kind of experience of faith that we want to be able to say you have access as well. And we want to be more deliberate about that. So, um, so again, we will meet. Yes. And with your ingenuity, creativity and your ideas, we're going to figure this out and we're going to figure it out together. Um, will there be a kids program in the future? Yes. But again, it'll look different. And uh, we will also make by walking and we will figure it out together as a family. Um, will we have live music and singing together? Yes, but it'll look different. Again, we will make the road by walking and we will figure it out together as a family. So how will Vine 39 grow? I think there are three, um, three ways that we will grow. One is through uh, personal growth, our own personal transformation. That is something that has been a huge value of ours. Uh, when I say ours, mine, Jen, Danielle's, and the value of a lot of you has been for personal growth. We're here because we believe in your transformation, your continued growth. If there's one thing that I am ultimately committed to is, is your growth, your transformation. Reached out to me and said, hey, Joel, I need to talk. My answer is, Absolutely. And I will make room for you in my calendar anytime. I will absolutely do it. In that space, my heart is. Someone says, can you help me? My answer is yes, yes, yes. And I'm eager and I can't wait because your life and your transformation to me matters more than anything else. It's my highest value personally. And so um, I bring it into and that's what I love. And I love when I hear stories of your growth. Boy, that just encourages me, lifts me up. And, um, and I know you love hearing it from each other. Relational growth. So personal growth, second, relational growth. I've loved to see the relationships that 
I love to see people meeting each other's needs. I love to see how when we're in relationship together, we actually cause each other to grow. You have caused me to grow. You know, and I love that. And I want to be challenged to grow in better ways. Things that you do that inspire me, I think, man, that's a good challenge to me. So thank you for that. I think numerical growth too. And I think the way we're going to grow numerically is going to be by, um, by, by more uh, access and people, you know, like you saying, hey, we're going to invite people we know that would be a good fit for Vine 39. Not everybody's a good fit for Vine 39. Not everybody's at a place where that would, that would serve them. And I don't want you to invite those people. It's about numbers. You know, we're, we're not into just numbers for numbers sake. Uh, we're into um, growing a family. And when we grow a family, it's, it's, I think this person would be a wonderful fit here. You know, um, we've joked church of misfits and that's because we, not because we wanted to be misfits, but because we found ourselves being misfits and we tried to fit elsewhere and adapt and we couldn't. And we found this community and it felt like, wow, I can be me and I can begin the journey in the process of transformation race where there's no judgment, you know? Um, so that's who we want to continue to be. Um, and so that's what we're working on uh, developing, but that's the, I think through invitation of other people and through other means, we're going to make ourselves uh, be uh, a lot of people don't know that we exist. And, uh, and so putting ourselves out there so that folks who are seeking this kind of experience are able to come in to that. Um, and there's a whole lot more to be said about that. Um, we can, like I said, a good fit. Um, there's different ways that um, you can serve in our community. So some of you might be asking, well, what do we do to be part of growing Vine 39? And um, yeah, part of it is definitely serving, you know, in, in various different have more to say about that um, because again I think it's going to take um, all of us together figuring this out rather than me just going here's what we're doing and and here's where you guys can serve but I think we're going to figure it out take a lot of opportunities to do those things and to serve in the way that you want to serve in the way that you're gifted that this is your contribution to the community and the community says thank you um, that's the best um, and thirdly, it's to uh, donate financially. One of the things that, um, you know, I've, I've never, I've hardly ever talked about this stuff. I do that like maybe reluctantly once every few years. Um, but, um, but that's one of the ways that we actually can make this thing work is through financial donations. And many of you do, are doing that and I do, and your gifts are, are fantastic. Some of you absolutely can't. You're always welcomed. That's, there's no judgment there. You'll, you'll, you serve in other ways, right? So that's also true. But if you feel like, you know what, I could, I could, and I would like to do something like that. I would like to donating financially in some way. Then we want to make that easy and accessible for you. And we do have some options. Um, some of them will be online giving. And, uh, but we also want to make it available to you to do it through maybe PayPal or Venmo or other ways that you can make the donations fairly easily uh, to help us continue to, uh, to grow. So, I'm going to pause here because <clears throat> I've talked a long time here about this and it is heavy and it is a lot to digest. Um, but, uh, but again, I think one of, one of the things I want you to really be able to hear, if I haven't said it clearly enough, is that we are going to continue and we're going to continue to meet as Vine 39. And we're going to continue to have a, an experience like we've been having uh, week by week. Um, so as far as 
Sunday, the Sunday after that. This is pretty much what we're doing right here, right? So that's not gonna change um, dramatically. I don't expect, I think I, we're doing a pretty good job and we enjoy being together. Uh, but in terms of the future down the road, um, again, we're in uncharted territories. So we're gonna make that road by walking and we're gonna do it together as a family. Um, so I'm gonna pause here. And uh, if you have any uh, questions that you'd like to pose, some of them answered more thoroughly at the annual meeting. Um, but if you have some questions or something that I didn't say clearly enough, uh, please do ask um, and we can talk about those. And I see that there's 19 new messages. That I um, Joe, I can address uh, yeah, please. one of the ones that came up, which a couple of people who are newer ask, what is the art of growth? Um, <laughs> so I thought, that's a good question. Uh, yes, that's <laughs> a really good question because we kind of went past quickly. So in back in uh, early of 2018, after Joel had completed his um, Enneagram training, it's a it's a personality development in a lot of different ways, but it was, we always come to the thing because it's helping us. Right. So um, Joel had gone away in 2016. Everything was frozen on the building. We were in legal thing. And he's like, well, I've got some margin and time because we're kind of stuck. And he did the training uh, with the, the Enneagram. And so in the beginning of 2018, uh, we, for part of his schooling, he had to release, um, he had to record panels uh, and interviews and things like that teachers to show what he was learning and how he was developing. And so we recorded these panels of, uh, you know, three people of the same Enneagram type of one of the nine types. And I was like, hey, let's just throw this on the internet. Maybe someone will listen to it. And we called it the Enneagram Panels Podcast. And so we released that in 2018. And we thought, you know, like a podcast Joel and I had started before, we might get like a couple hundred listens a week or something like that. But then the numbers started rolling in and it was like, hey, wow, we thought 200 would listen to this, 2,000, wait, 10,000, wait, 100,000. Uh, even by conservative estimates, by next, by next month, we will pass a million downloads of that podcast. And year, um, we we started saying, we're getting contacted all the time. What do we do? So Joel opened a coaching page and people started contacting him. And it was just kind of like, it was following the path of grace. It wasn't even something we did intentionally. We, we kind of success. Um, Joel jokes about the purpose driven life all the times. He goes, no, I have an accident driven life. Um, and it just, we started getting, you know, contacted. And then um, a friend of ours, like, here's then you should change the name. So you have a lot more. Um, reach than just one particular tool because you guys have more to offer than that. Uh, recommended. Uh, so my friend Laura came up with the name, The Art of Growth. And so we established that. And then and then that took off. And then I got certified in it because we started like looking at actually like, we're like, hey, people have to go to work all the time, spend all this time at work. Maybe we could make that environment better for some people. Um, and so it was always like, what is the opportunity and how do we take advantage of it? And then we met uh, our friend Suzanne, who came in and put the corporate stuff last year. So, and that really made it explode. And then we got group coaching going and a bunch of other things. So this thing that was literally accidentally like, hey, let's throw this thing that we're already doing online and see if anybody listens to it. 
has now turned into like um, almost a million downloads of a podcast now and people reaching out to us consistently from all over the world. I talked to people in uh, four different countries outside of the US this week. It was like Africa, uh, Spain, like, and that's becoming uh, weirdly normal for us. So it is a, a business, um, but it's really weird because what we find is what happens in you happens through you. Not part of a faith community, I feel out of balance. If I'm just output, like I am with the art of growth, this doesn't feel just like output to me. It's, it's a community and community is the stabilizing, um, stabilizing factor. I think that the shines farthest shines the brightest at home. So it matters mostly what I do at my home and my community. And then that can go out into these other arenas. But there's some of the people, um, we've had people that have been in here who came to us through either the pie or something else. And we see more of that happening. So there's a little background as far as what happened with the Art of Growth from 2018 when we released a podcast and then it went boom into 2020 where it actually became a real business to where we now have who does a lot of back-end systems for us and, and the three-person team. So that's my summary, Joel. <laughs> Thank you. That's good. Very good. Um, <clears throat> yeah, hopefully that, that helps clarify something. The reason why there's such a connection, and some people have said to me, like, um, you, you seem more peaceful. You seem more joyful. You seem more... Um, like the, the messages themselves are, are better and things are growing in that way. And, you know, I thank you, you know, but what I knew and what was happening in me was I'm having conversations with people all week long about their personal transformation. And so when it came to Sunday, you know, I'm looking through scripture, I'm in the series. It's like all these past life and I'm understanding Paul, the apostle, like so much more. And that's what he's dealing with because he's doing the same thing I'm doing, but back 2000 years ago, you know, and he's involved in all these lives and trying to help them in growth. And so then the wisdom emerges from it's been such a, an incredible connection between the two for me that for me, I can't imagine not being deeply into the scripture whatever I can, I do this with my clients. I'll slip in some, you know, some of that stuff in there because I think there's such depth and wisdom to but if we're not living in real life, dealing with real issues, we can't, we, we miss out on that. And so um, that's been really amazing. I mean, when someone called, when someone reaches out to me, it's like, I am having a hard time with my child. Like really. It's like, or, you know, I don't know what I'm supposed to do <clears throat> with this next chapter of my life. Everything's changed. And um, could you help me? Or, you know, um, it's it, all these problems, every one of them is stuff that there's such wisdom within the scriptures, within our tradition of faith. And so that's a big part of why it's, I've become more alive in the, la in the last, I think, few years doing this than, than ever before. And it also fits with who I am again. I think whenever we're doing the thing we're trying to do, we, we naturally you know, feel better and we feel more alive and more connected to God and people. So, um, yeah. So Patty Beattie asked, you know, can you say more on it? It feels like we've and, and like we are forgotten. And then, sorry, I didn't realize my caps lock was on. <laughs> um, You're not yelling? No. <laughs> so I think there's a couple of different parts of that. When we were talking about this with the board yesterday, um, there's 
the burnout for me personally, and then Joel can give his answer, has been around the building, this endless struggle, legal things, the the stresses that it created behind the scenes of um, and the exhaustion of dealing with the legal battle of the stuff with the town of we're saying and doing that we didn't think we should share because it was just it wasn't going to help anybody. Uh, but carrying the weight of that. And then when we're in the meeting yesterday and we start talking about, like, let's say we could meet in person through a lot of the night, more of a hybrid, we could do things online um, in this format, and then we could have more of a connection to a wider network. And, and then uh, uh, Eric brought up the idea, like, you could even have people gathered in homes that, like, experience the service together. And, and I was like, I have more vision for that than I do a building. And yeah. I got, and I was excited about that. I was like that, and this answers a little bit of Liz's question too. Um, I, I was like, that is really beautiful. I really could see something like that um, being solid and stable to our hearts. So I, and I, and I, one of the things I brought up, I was like, you know, we like having that direction is like having no direction is a lot more anxiety producing than having a direction that some people might not like. Um, a lot of having more of a digital format than a physical location. But I've felt really uncomfortable with the physical location for quite a while. And the main question when we move to the building is how do we make sure it's not like every other church building that sits empty 95%. That is not a good use of God's resources. But if we can maximize in the digital world and outdoor space, the resources that are actually given to us, we don't know what the thing can become next. I think when people say, where is this thing going? Helpful question to us because it actually produces more anxiety because we know there's only so much you can actually say. But when you say, what are we going to do next? That is what we're talking about. We are going to continue to develop the art of growth as a business. Do a piece of work there. It takes financial pressure off of Vine 39. That's just how it is. We're trying to make that structure happen. Um, because, uh, Oh, sorry. And then so having a more maximizing our, our and upping that um, is, I think, a necessity and a, and a vision that I can actually be uh, excited about for what is next. Not what is always, but what is next, because that's actually the question that God asks us. Question we have to answer internally. What is God doing next? Because there's things we just don't know. Like, for instance, a lot of experts saying that this, this COVID kind of thing, we don't know when the next mutated virus could come around and shut everything down again. And hopefully, and it'll, it won't have as long-term effects as COVID, but this could be a pro part of the process. So um, having a digital um, presence stabilizes actually the long-term vision of and allows us to connect. And for those of you who didn't experience going outdoors with us in the fall, even though it was masks and we're set apart and all this stuff, it was a phenomenal experience for those who got to be in person with us. Love to see that. I would love to see us have more church services at the beach over the summer. Like I could definitely get behind that. Um, it's worth traveling in for the day for, even if you're not, if you're within a couple hours of us. So some of these things, I that that question, Patty, but that's my best shot at it. Yeah. You know, the question that the, the disciples kept asking Jesus <clears throat> was, when is the fulfillment of the kingdom going to be? All right. Why were they asking that question? It's because they felt the same anxiety you and I feel. 
Like what's happening? Why, you know, there's a pandemic, things are changing, the world is changing. What's going to happen? They were looking for certainty. They were looking for something that they can, that's ahead of the corner, around the corner that they can anticipate. And Jesus's answer was, it's not for you to know. You know, then what does he say to them? He says, you will be my witnesses. In other words, you're going to see me. You're going to be witnesses of me in Judea, Samaria, to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. You're going to be witnesses. You're going to see me doing stuff right in your midst. So, as Jim was saying, what's next? What do you sense spirit doing next? So, yes, we're going to be meeting. Yes, we're going to be having, you know, we're, this vision. Passion for Vine 39. And the passion that I feel for Vine 39 is around this stuff that we were talking about as a board. And around much more, not around here's definitive answers for the next, you know, five years, but more so around even us coming up with some amazing solutions for this new season. That's what I believe. I believe we can. And I believe we can do this not only in, in, in our geographical area, um, as in the ideas and families gathering together to be together in that same space while, you know, observing the message on, digitally online. Um, absolutely. Um, but I believe in us and I believe that we can figure this out together because we have spirit. So that's what I, what I believe. And I believe in you. And I think we can do this together as a family. So I used to be the one that would go and say, here's where we're going. And that gave some of you some security in doing that. But my need to do this in response to the anxiety that I was feeling from the community about what's next. <laughs> and because I'm a very future oriented person, that's what was, was coming through. Instead of saying, let's do this, map it out together as a community, which we're going to do. So. Any other questions here? Yeah, Mario, life groups is definitely something I could, I, I want to see expanding. Um, there's a lot of questions about that. Once you start having a, a specific direction, you can start asking different questions. And when you ask different questions, you start strategies. And so I think, um, we don't know the strategies yet for that, but I would hope that actually becomes one of the strongest parts because it it always has been. And if we only did two things and Sunday morning was one of them, the other thing should be life groups um, because nothing happens like it does in the context. We, we've said for a while around here, we learn better in circles than we do in rows. Uh, that's something that we still hold to important, these sacred circles that can happen in, in life group space. Hmm. Yeah. In our gatherings, when we do some of the questions that were posed here, uh, the, uh, you know, they're, they're, we're going to learn what we can do in person. That's what we're learning in this season, during this time, businesses are learning it. Churches are learning it. There's a lot of things that we're figuring out that, Hey man, for a class. Yeah. Online works pretty good for uh, relationship stuff much tougher, better. <laughs> so that's what we're learning. That's what we're going to figure out over this, over the next few months. And so we are going to have physical gatherings, folks. We are going to have them. And I, my, my hope and dream is that this happens uh, nationally, you know, that we're having that some of you 
parts of the country that you, you could have a gathering, you could have a pod, you know, and, and, and do something like a life group or do something like a class, um, you know, that even if it's a class that's being taught digitally, that you're meeting physically, you know, and that you're sharing life together that way. So yes, it's gonna be probably a hybrid of both, but physical gatherings, oh, they're gonna be necessary for sure, and we're gonna do them. Um, but again, we're making the road by, by walking. We don't know ultimately exactly how know that that's what we're going to be doing and is is doing more of that and having uh, you know life groups yeah they're very very important and i think we're going to need to have more attention on those things as well janet asked about overlaps between uh the 89 um i think i've just for me i've just started asking that question uh, and i think that thing needed to become its own thing and then we had questions about this thing and i think both of those are starting to be answered and yeah you have to sort of figure out the eye before you. And so when each thing has an identity and a direction, then you can start to see where they overlap. But I think that is, um, I think like for me, I'm just at the beginning to ask that question. I'm not sure what Joel would respond. Yeah, to I'm, I'm glad you, thank you. For Actually, I did a, um, I, I've started creating a workshop around um, uh, this personality system, uh, but thinking theologically and offering it to, to churches. Um, it, you know, through a digital presence and of course, Vine 39 being, being the host. Oh, and this was on the, this was actually in response to something um, that Eric um, on our board had, had suggested because, you know, again, these are visionary guys that are, you know, in leadership with us on the board. And Eric was saying, how do you see this thing, you know, as a, as a vision that would actually help Vine 39 and what we, so we had, we started having these conversations and that stuff's been germinating. So, you know, it is germinating within us. How do we do this? But um, things like healing relationships or, um, you know, uh, I've experienced a lot in doing coaching with a lot of people where inner healing is a very much a part of it, but doing that, you know, for Vine 39. So to Holly's question about classes, are we going to have classes? I know that's how Holly came to, you came to uh, a lot through the classes and and so I could see classes around that being something that is helpful for personal growth and for, you know, connecting to God more deeply, connecting to each other, to connecting to yourself more deeply. Um, and that is something I absolutely see and have already begun writing some of that stuff up for it. Um, so, yes, there's, there's plenty. I mean, this feels to me very much like what Jim described as first it needed to be out here. And this is what's wonderful about work in real life. It's the way creation works. When God separates light from the day, uh, you know, uh, male and female, and then all of this comes back together for what? Reproduction, for growth, for something significant that comes back. So that's what's going to coming back in some ways and will have this um, amazing, I think, effect on a lot of folks. So that's a great question. Thank you. Um, there's another thing that we need to establish as far as the video, and I think this question around, you know, what what are we going to do about classes or life groups? Um, we, uh, Joel and I are not Vine 39. You are. So a lot of the times if if you're like, is there going to be a class? The question might be, I don't know, are you going to lead it? So there's going to be a lot of things that come right back at you. You want to see something happen. If it's deeply inside of you to see something happen, it might be on you to execute that thing. Um, that 
execute and we coach you on how to execute. Uh, that we work with you, that we're not producing the thing. Churches die if we're producing all this stuff. They thrive if we coach you while you produce the stuff. And event, so if you want to know what this church becomes going, you can't ask. You're going to have to lead more than you ever have before. That will be a demand of this, of that season. If you want to see something thrive, you have to ask yourself, what are you called to make thrive? You can ask us, how do we help you make the thing thrive that you're called to? Mm. Yeah, we're going to have to. Thank you, Jim. <laughs> I love Jim's directness. Um, <laughs> it, it, it balances out my circuit. You know, um, so the. This is this is the way the church is going to take shape in the next, I believe, in the next decade. So if I'm putting on my future lenses, I just don't see it continuing. And this, this all the trends are demonstrating this. Fifteen years are burning out every single year, never to return to ministry. This is a crisis we all know at the higher levels of pastoring. We all know it. <laughs> and there's a reason for that. And that's because a lot of the system that's been created, not the fault of anyone in the way that the system developed is, is designed to keep the leadership always running and doing and doing and doing and never themselves having any development, spiritual development. You stop. And I, I, I coach pastors because there's a, they're just churning and burning. There's no ability to go deep any longer. Your, 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 your own awareness of what God's doing in your life stops. Your attention's constantly on how to grow this unit, how to grow this system and how to keep it, the machine going. And so that wasn't the said, you know, are we going to look like the, the book of Acts, the church in the, in the book of Acts? And I want to say, I hope so. I hope so. I hope we return more towards a um, what, what Jim was saying, where Paul was saying, hey, you guys, <laughs> I'm not the church. I'm the apostle Paul. I'm out here in another place. You're the church. And, and people say, well, we need training. We need, we need all this stuff. Well, yeah, but you do it on the fly. Jesus is like, hey, disciples, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. You know, well, can you, we're going to do it as we go. And so there's a lot of, of that that happens as well. So, yeah, I think it's going to be, if this thing is going to work in terms of the church being a thriving place of health, health, not growth alone, not numerical, then we're going to have to do it um, in a way that honors our health. And, and that is, uh, that's going to involve a lot of you. And again, doing it together um, as we continue to grow. Um, yeah. And that point, you know, who one of, was one of the most influential church, uh, sorry, you know, who was one of the most influential leaders in our church this year? Mario. Yeah. Why? Because church bent towards the skill of Mario. And so he has led so much of what has happened this year. And as far as his skill of has, has helped so many of you connect this year. So it's so, it's like you, you have to own the leadership. What, what that means is you actually have to lean into your own skill. You have to lean into the way God has made you. And so much of what has happened this year has been led by Mario because this is within his skill. And he, of this happen. Like Joel and I didn't understand much about Zoom. Like Mario has made this happen, has been someone who's bounced off so many ideas. So yeah, Kevin, Kevin called Mario the pa pastor Zoom um, because it's true. So 
up and the skill emerges to meet that need and the leadership comes forward in that need. And that's why Mario has been such an influential leader in 2020. So mm-hmm. when, when we talk about this idea, we want to put flesh on it as much as possible. Sorry, I know we've been going for a while, but those are good questions. Yeah. So just take a deep breath for a moment. I know this has been a lot and it's been um, not, uh, you know, the usual sermon that is inspiring or helpful to you in that way. And I'm sorry, it's so it can be uh, for some of you, it's like, you broke my heart on Valentine's Day. And I'm uh, (laughs) and I'm and that's the last thing I want to do is to break any of your hearts. Um, But I also believe in Vine 39 so much. I knew that the difficult thing for me was saying, doing this this morning, that's the last thing I wanted to do was, was give this talk. Um, but, um, but I, I had to at least start with, here's what I know and here's what we know. And um, there's still some things that we're going to figure out together. But what I want us to land on is that um, to take a deep breath, to recognize right now who we are and where we are. And that there's not going to be a massive change taking place next Sunday, uh, next Sunday, or the Sunday after that, or the Sunday after that. All right. But we're going to begin incrementally and we're going to begin slow and we're going to begin together. And we'll figure it out because we will always make the road by walking together as a community, as a family. Um, Jen just reminded me of something that I think is deeply prophetic for what we've been talking about. And um, she talking about the 500 year rummage sale idea. So what that is, is Phil Stickle was a church um, historian and theologian. And she talked about how every 500 years, the church has gone through some evil. And for the last 20, they've been talking about the one that's going to happen next. So, you know, in, um, um, in, in 500 AD, when you had the fall of Rome and the church kind of like split out in these different directions and the, the great schism where you had Eastern Orthodox separate from Western Catholicism. And then in, um, 500 years ago, where you had the, uh, the reformation and the Protestant reformation happened to split off between the Catholics and the Protestants. And then we're at another election here right now. And she talks about this idea that every 500 years, the church has a sort of rummage sale where it throws out everything that's not working. It gets purified and it becomes what it needs to be next. Ever is the demise, but it always feels like that so much to some of the people at the time, unless they have the vision of Christ. They have the mind of Christ who knows that redemption and resurrection is at the heart of the more than anything else. You can't kill us because when you do, we rise back even stronger. That's the whole nature of this faith. And so that is the thing that we're reminded of in that space when we talk about that 500 year rummage sale. We're our own and we are not alone. We're actually part of a bigger rummage sale and we are trying to figure that out all together. Um, I love you all so much. And, you know, Joel and Jim keep asking me, like, how do I feel about it? And like trying to just like be strong and be like, I'm not afraid of what's going to happen. Like I am. And I can see on everybody here today, like everyone looks so sad and like scared. And the one thing that I learned from you guys, like you guys, this is so church to me. Like I got to see it 
like being an administrator in the building, like I got to like field the phone calls and like see what was going on behind the scenes and like see Mario step up and do what Mario did. You know, and I saw like Deb reach out to an old friend she never talked to. And now we have like another sister in the group. I got to see Patty like huge when COVID first hit, like she took on our kids and like she like three times a week. Like I am so grateful for that. And I'm so grateful for all of you because you guys like teach me how to live. And like, I want to do life with you. Like I knew best friend Odin died last year. And like Joel showed up and got in the ocean with us and helped us spread the ashes. I'm like, these are my people. Like, this is my church. You guys are the ones that I want to do life with. You always show up for me. So I told Joel and Jim like last week, like I'm in, I'm just in. Because I, I just, I can't imagine doing life without any of you, no matter what it looks like, you know, and I have to let go because I'm, I'm four, you know, I'm a type four and I want to be emotional and pain. And all of a sudden be like, I finally found my person. It's all about me. Like, poor me. Like they're leaving me now. And like, that's not what's happening. Like, this is God forcing me into introspection again and showing me that I need to like find a new way. Like my expectations and my perceptions are not always what God's like homeschooling. Like when I first found out I was going to homeschool, I was so freaked out and like trying to do like the other mothers are doing and wanted to look a certain way because that's the way it was supposed to look in my eyes. But when I finally let go and just like ask God, like, what's my gift? To like things just started happening. And like, I'm nailing homeschooling with Ben, like nailing it like that. Are you kidding me? That is such a gift. Like 10 years ago, I was like, I was down and out heroin addict. And like, say I'm like homeschooling my son. And like, you guys, I'm like, I want Ben to have that. Like, so whatever it looks like, um, I don't know. I don't know what it looks like. It scares me too. But um, I know for sure that like, I wouldn't have gotten through this past year without you guys. And like, to me, like that's church to me. I just that. I never, ever had a church family that did that. Like we went to church on Sundays acted like we were good. We all hugged and kissed and we went home and we were all dicks. Like, I don't want that. Like, you guys do the work. Like, you guys force me to do the work. You keep me like, that's church. It's not about a building. And if I'm being completely honest, like, on a day it's snowing like this, like, I don't want to leave my house. If I'm really being really, really honest, like, I don't want to go out in the snow and hang out with you guys early on a Sunday if it's snowing out. But if it's beautiful out, like, yeah, like, let's go meet in the woods. That's what I've ever experienced in my life. You know, so... I don't know. I just, I like my heart is pounding out of my chest. Yeah, that's good. Love you guys so much. And like, you guys are really, really out of my family. I'm so, so grateful for all of you. And I'm in, whatever it is, I'm in. It's like, I'm in. All right. So Love it. We have life groups this week, Wednesday and Thursday. If anyone wants to email me and start a new life group, maybe we should start thinking about doing that. But um, I'll send out the Zoom links for this week's life groups. Next Sunday, we'll be sharing the COVID-19 vaccine. Um, so excited for that. I can't wait to hear Lee. So grateful for Lee. Um, Sunday the 28th is the annual church meeting at 6 p.m. I'll send out the link, but I believe it's going to be the same one as the... Um, if you would like prayer, stay on after the benediction. You'll be connected to the prayer team. Um, tithe and offerings, you can mail them to the church directly. I think I'll go by there a couple of times a week, or you can do it on the Vine 39 website on the home. And I'm still shaking and my heart's still pounding. I love you all. Have an amazing week. And the benediction of Abby. Just before Abby, just before you say something, I think I feel really prompted to say this to all of you. There's been a lot of things that 
things from the, those of you who've been with us for a while, things from the past, like Holly, you brought up the classes. Um, Patty Beattie, you brought up life groups. And um, I know the classes also impacted you early on. And I remember uh, that you and, and several others together on Sunday mornings. And there was something that was really powerful and transformative in your life during that season. And here's what I want to say to each of you. For those of you who've experienced those powerful transformational moments, that's what I want for this next season. It's not less of that. It's not like we've moved on and we're doing something different. No, 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 no. That's what I want. And every time I was with you, Holly, and with you, Patty Beattie, and with the others of you, Jeff and Deb, and we're doing classes and we're doing this stuff, that's when I was most alive. It was everything else that came with it that killed us and we couldn't sustain. So what I want is to bring in all of this stuff, Holly, all of this stuff, Patty Beattie, all of this stuff, Jeff and stuff for those of you who've been on our journey with us into what it is that God is bringing us into the new future, that 500 year, whatever's happening in this, in this season, that's going to come with us. We want more of that, not less of it. I want to make sure I say that because I think that's important that sometimes you don't hear that coming from me. And it's like, Joel's off in the future and running off to do something different because he's tired and bored of the old. Well, yeah, in part, that's true. That's, that's kind of my personality and it's been a in many ways, but my heart says what I, what we experienced in the past, that's what I love. And that's what I'm, I'm dedicated to and committed to. And we're going to have more of that, not less of it in the near future. So off to Abby for the, so thank you. All right. May love guide you, walk with you, cheer for you. May love help you deal. Hand and pull you forward and linger with you in stillness. May it surround you, provide and protect in need. May it motivate, call, inspire. May you experience love in its many forms. May you feel the love of God this week.